Hello and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I am Marcy Amaro and I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about our conversation today. I am so thrilled to introduce you to Joshua Rutherford. He is a creative, a true creative soul. And I just can't wait to dive into this conversation about creativity, about being who you are meant to be, about just diving into your passions and all those wonderful things that I'm sure our conversation will lead into. But Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh, thank you, Marcy. It's a pleasure to be here. There is an obvious lack of leadership in the world. Nations without effective governments, businesses unable to adapt to crisis and change, schools where adults are afraid of children, and families that have lost their standing as the foundation of society. Is there any hope? What can anyone do to change this grim outlook? This is Sincerely Speaking, and here we will explore how self-leadership and the pillars of clarity, communication, connection, and competence can ignite the fire of change one spark at a time. I am Marcy Amaro, and I welcome you to this open conversation here in Sincerely Speaking. So let us get started right at the beginning. How did you get started in your line of work, and what exactly is it that you do? Oh, goodness. Well, that's a great question. Uh, my path has been very nonlinear, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I started, uh, well, to go way, way back, I've always wanted to be creative, and I've always had a passion for the written word. So when in high school and college, um, I had just, you know, the biggest dreams of uh, initially uh, being a filmmaker, uh, specifically a screenwriter. And uh, that was my passion. That's what I studied. And that's what I aimed for. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, right out of college, you know, I, I really dove head in into uh, screenwriting. Uh, but then fast forward a few years to the Great Recession, and that kind of dried up any opportunities, which weren't many, but any opportunities I had on that front. Um, I still continue to write screenplays, but then I felt myself just wanting more, you know, wanting to get my voice really out there. And that's when I transitioned to novels and short stories, which is what I currently do now. Now, that is very much a passion of mine. Uh, that's something uh, I guess you could label it as a side gig, but certainly a passion. Uh, during the day, I work in human resources. Uh, so I um, help people with um, their uh, benefits and other things of that nature. So um, a few halves uh, in my journey that <laughs> uh, are one of many or some of many. That's awesome. See, I think that one of the, th the reasons we connected so quickly is because I consider myself a multi-passionate person and my audience tends to be multi-passionate, right? Now, one of the things that I would love for you to dive a little bit deeper into is this notion of you can't really live your passion, right? Like I know for myself as a multi-passionate person, I kept hearing, no, you need something more secure. You need something more traditional. You need something more whatever, right? But the underlying message was, you can make a living out of your passion. Has that been your experience as well? Like people tried to dissuade you from following your passion? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, to be completely transparent, I mean, I come, my family comes from a blue collar background. So very much working class, uh, whether that's the acceptable term today or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, and, and then kind of growing up, um, I was very much a type A personality. So uh, I, while I excelled in school, the expectation is that I would settle into something a little bit more stable. Uh, for instance, like three of my four best friends are computer engineers. So uh, oftentimes the refrain I hear nowadays, oh, why didn't you do that or this <laughs> or something else? 
And, and honestly, um, you know, while uh, I haven't uh, had a tremendous amount of financial success in either film or video or um, as a novelist, it is still something that I remain very passionate about. Start having started this journey, now I'm dating myself, um, decades ago, a few decades ago in high school and college, um, regardless of the financial rewards um, that have or have not come, it's just something that has always uh, been a focal point in my life. No, that's amazing. See, because that's the other part of it, right? Like um, just a little bit of background so that you can see how much we connect. I started actually my college career as a pre-med student because I was supposed to be a doctor, right? That's not the way it ended up going at all. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. There's more than one way to be rewarded, right? And I believe that when we look at multi-passionate people like ourselves, we can get rewarded in different ways for each of our different passions right like i'm sure you um and i've heard this expression and i've used it myself a lot is your nine to five or your day job funds your passion right so what you do to earn money funds your passion which rewards another part of your being do you find that to be the case for you Oh, absolutely. Especially uh, now. I mean, uh, it took me a while to find a nine to five that was uh, really aligned with my values. And um, that's how I got into human resources and the mode of helping people and helping companies uh, help their employees. And uh, definitely um, having to work whatever jobs were available or, you know, those that were aligned my later on aligned with my values helped to really provide me with a sense of I don't say stability, but um, kind of an alternate sense of purpose mm -hmm. that fed into my passion, into my art. And, uh, you know, certainly um, we all have to eat. I know there's kind of the, um, you know, the idea of a starving artist and like we have to really like suffer for our art and for our passions. And while that may be true for some, uh, for so many of us, um, you know, we, we have to go on living. And that means uh, taking care of ourselves so that we can then put something you know, great, something passionate into the world. Absolutely. I love that you use the expression an alternate sense of purpose. See, I am a big advocate in the fact that we don't have one standard singular purpose, right? We have different purposes depending on what hat we have on at the time. But I also love that you mentioned that they need to align with your values, right? And I think that that's the filter right there. As long as what you're doing fits into your values and somehow helps feed that ultimate vision, then it's okay. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely awesome now I want to circle back to something that you mentioned a little bit earlier and it was about releasing your voice or sharing your voice something along the lines of finding and utilizing your voice how important and how valuable was it for you to finally identify what your voice gets to sound like and share that with the world yeah, definitely. Well, I mean that was uh again like so many of my experiences very nonlinear um I, I would say when my voice uh, as an artist uh, really started taking off um, was about the time when I was transitioning from screenwriting, because at, at the time, you know, when you write a screenplay, going back to that, um, you're writing it really for an audience of one initially, whether it be a producer that's looking at it or a director or maybe an agent or uh, someone at a production company. And oftentimes that's where it stops, you know, because many screenplays don't see the light of day or don't get produced and everything. 
And really, I, I felt that my writing was becoming a little formulaic and kind of feeling more to a mainstream. And my voice was getting lost somewhere in there. Um, as I was considering my next move in writing, one of the things I did was join Toastmasters to help uh, really build my confidence as well as to really develop my speaking voice. And it just so happens that path, along with transitioning from screenwriting to novel writing and short stories, those two just continued forward for me. And they really fed off each other. Um, I would give speeches about my creative projects, and then the speeches I gave and the skills that I learned in Toastmasters then fed into my writing and really improved my dialogue too. So uh, that's really when my voice started taking off and I really came into my own as a writer. I love that. And what I particularly love about it is that it exemplifies the fact that you only identify your true voice as you share it, right? So you started sharing it first. And the more you shared it in different platforms and in different formats, the more it became its own, the more it took form and life, right? So I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we've talked in a couple of different ways and a couple of different times about basically life throwing you curveballs and the direction not being linear and everything not being exactly necessarily as you planned. For anybody who's listening, and I always like to find a way to make this practical and actionable, right? So for anybody who's listening, who's thinking, I want to get from A to B but I don't know how to handle the curveballs or I don't know how to identify the right path. What suggestions would you give to get started? Yeah, my first suggestion would be, don't be so committed to your plan that it derails from your objectives, from your goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, years, um, a few years back, I read this article uh, about uh, from this entrepreneur who said the key to his success was to never have a plan B. <laughs> and that sticks with me because um, one, uh, I disagree with that. And two, it conflates, it, it really um, kind of conflates the notion that your plan is the same as your goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. And really your plan is just the steps you take, what you outline in order to get to your goal. And certainly, you know, I've had dozens or hundreds of plans at this point in my life, which um, I've had to really refine and pivot. And I feel that uh, too often in writing, especially, uh, so many would-be writers get stuck on their plan. And if they hit a roadblock because they can't get past it because it isn't aligned with what they planned out, they just give up and stop. Hmm. And this, the key to my success as a writer, at least, uh, and being a prolific writer, is being able to really stop, assess the situation, and then pivot or change accordingly so that I don't get um, hung up on my obstacle and I can proceed forward to my goals and objectives. Got it. See, I love that. Um, one of the things that I teach is that you commit to the destination, not the route. And that sounds a lot like what you're saying, right? So you're committed to being an author, you're committed to being in this creative space, how you get there, it doesn't matter as long as you get there. Right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the commitment and the not accepting other alternatives, in my opinion, is to the destination. So this is where I'm going. This is what my vision is. This is the end goal. But the strategy, I can try a million different ones. <laughs> 
And honestly, I probably tried a million different ones, but at this point, <laughs> I lost count a while ago. So by now it's probably uh, up there. How do you not give up? I would say probably, and this is me talking about my own journey, um, why I haven't um, given up is while I've had a lot of roadblocks and obstacles and a lot of things have tripped me up, that passion has always remained. And the more I do it, the more I find inspiration to fuel that passion. Uh, for instance, starting way, way long ago, um, I had aspirations of being, uh, I guess the term is like a man of the world, you know, a writer, like a Hemingway, like being able to travel and write from anywhere, uh, whether it be as a screenwriter, or as a novelist, fast forward to now. And one of the things uh, that has grounded me more as a writer and certainly inspires me more is being a father, of being a parent, of having two sons, and one day writing something, whether that's already been written or projects I continue to write now, that long after I'm gone, something my sons, my grandchildren or great-grandchildren can appreciate, can enjoy. So that is something that didn't exist for me, you know, years and years ago, but now exists for me now. And I think having those additive values, those mm -hmm. additive points of inspiration really keeps me going as a writer, but also I believe is an impetus for so many other artists and creatives. Awesome. Where does the inspiration for your content come from? For my content, that comes from so many sources. I would say probably at present, um, and this really feeds not only into my fictional work, but also my nonfiction work, which I'm starting to dabble into, is my background. Um, I grew up multiracial. I grew up in a multicultural environment. And honestly, growing up, those things weren't really discussed. Mm -hmm. So there's always part, or I should say parts of me, that were either under the surface or were never really addressed. Uh, for instance, I'm uh, part Filipino, part white, part Mexican. I grew up in the Southwest in San Diego. And um, a lot of my family, though, uh, just identified as Mexican you know, because of different marriages and everything and um, uh, different family dynamics. So growing up so close to the Mexican border with many of my family being Mexican, a lot of what was I won't say push, but influenced me was Mexican culture. But there are other parts of my culture, of my identity, my heritage that I just didn't know about. So I couldn't identify with. And it wasn't until uh, as a young adult and I started really um, this path of self-discovery and this journey to really evolve my sense of identity, if you will, that I really felt additional voices and kind of this context that I never knew um, existed, uh, coming up and welling up within me. So a lot of that self-discovery, that coming of age and that, uh, multiplicity, uh, of not only voice, but of purpose of identity really makes its way into my writing. That's awesome. How do you define identity? I'm just curious. Oh, <laughs> for me, that's a moving target. <laughs> I'll admit uh, my identity has certainly uh, morphed and uh, developed over the years. Uh, I would say that as of now, uh, my identity definitely involves a strong sense of purpose. As I mentioned, I'm a, a parent, I'm a dad. So uh, a lot of not only my responsibilities, but really my privileges 
they really have come into my life and helped build an identity I can be proud of. It also um, involves my values, um, uh, whether that those are values that come from my heritage, my religion, my faith, my spirituality, um, what I not only treasure, but also what I seek out that has come to the forefront of my identity and is something that I can now appreciate, um, you know, being a husband, being a father, being a fan. man. That's awesome. Um, now, I just, I'm curious, right? Like all these questions I'm asking is out of curiosity because of your journey and because of the things that you experience and you do. When it comes to the creative side of Josh, right? Are you more interested in volume or are you more interested in refinement? Ooh. <laughs> now, I would say I'm more interested in refinement. Um, I think uh, with a lot of the courses and workshops that I've taken, the emphasis, especially for new writers, is to just get your work out there, just to start producing, start getting into the flow, mm -hmm. into the discipline of writing, and really kind of churning out your work. Um, now, being the age that I am, being at the point in my life I am, that I've uh, self-published a few books and I look back at my writing, I would say my maturity, that refinement that comes with maturity, has taken center stage. Um, part of, uh, one of the things that really has inspired my refinement is I have a writer friend of mine who uh, is like myself in that he's put out a few and written a few manuscripts. Um, and we're both at the same point in our writer's journey and that we're looking to really up our game. We're kind of wanting to be taken more seriously in our craft, but we also hold ourselves accountable to really improving and growing as writers. And I think uh, that refinement, that's necessary because it leads to a higher level that you haven't been to before. Yeah, absolutely. Now for anybody starting out, and this isn't just necessarily writing, right? I think that this applies to any creative pursuit. But for anybody starting out, would you recommend, would you advise just focus on production, getting the volume out at first? Do you think that that's helpful? I do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're just starting. Um, I think um, referring back to my own experience, because I think it's uh, so relevant to other new writers. Um, that the starting that 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 anxiety the anticipation that comes with starting really inhibited me as a writer and honestly whether you're a i'm using these terms very generically but whether you're a good or a bad writer that's going to come out no matter what so why don't, <laughs> why don't just get started you know it's like it, it's almost like it, when you're starting like a gym routine or you're running it's like whether you're fast or slow um you know delaying that or that procrastination isn't necessarily going to change that particular outcome so why don't just jump right in find <laughs> out who you are and then you can refine from there Absolutely. I have a mentor that says, embrace the suck. <laughs> Meaning, yeah, exactly. Meaning that everybody just sucks at first. So embrace yeah. it, own it. And then the more you do, the more you identify the things that you can tweak and fix so that you get better. Right. So that's just yeah. amazing. Um, I, yeah. I was just curious because a lot of people, like I know for me, for instance, I'm a recovering people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist. Right. So those two things combined made it so hard for me to put any kind of output out at first because I wanted everybody to like it and I wanted it to be perfect. But that could have held me in paralysis forever. 
<laughs> I would still be waiting for something that pleases everybody and that is perfect. So yeah, that was just my curiosity. So again, for those people who have put their creative um, endeavors or their creative pursuits and dreams on hold, what would you advise as a first step? Be kind to yourself and start small. <laughs> and by starting small, I, I mean, you can't, that doesn't mean you can't have big dreams, but by starting small, just that first step, those baby steps, um, not to sound too cliche, um, they really do make a difference, I, I believe, to the beginning of your journey, because you can always point back to that moment and say, I was courageous enough, I was brave enough to start then. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to be completely ready, of course, like, like anything else, those first steps, they're, they're a reason why they're daunting, because there's no guarantee, there's no sure thing involved with the start, the beginning of anything that involves really putting yourself out there, really putting a voice out there, and honestly, creating something completely new, or, you know, creating just anything. Mm-hmm. So not having that certainty, I get it. it. It's very daunting. It's very intimidating. But that first step is just so rewarding. It just, it's really worth embracing that risk and really just going for it. That's awesome. What's it like for you? Or what was it like for you the first time you published something, knowing that now it got to stand on its own, right? <laughs> but you're still so identified with it. What was that experience like for you? Honestly, it was just overwhelmingly personal. It was just like the most personal thing. It's, it's you know, like a lot of artists uh, compare it to like having a child or something like that. But it, it's really making yourself yourself so vulnerable because good or bad, that's a part of you that a lot of people, I get it, have never seen before. Yeah. yeah. And then to share... A, a, when you publish nowadays, you know, it's out there online on Amazon and e-retailers. So you don't know these people that are seeing it for the first time. And I realized that, uh, you know, especially today with like trolls and social media and everything, I mean, there's like no filters nowadays to <laughs> responses. So yeah, it's, it's a lot to take in. And I, I think kind of having a little bit of distance and a little bit of also uh, maturity to make that response that you see less personal, especially if it's very biting and intentionally cruel. And um, honestly, unfortunately, that's kind of the reality of being a writer. Um, But then kind of taking everything in stride and realizing no matter the comments and remarks, you still have a way forward. Yeah. Have you been able to separate yourself from your product, meaning like separate what they say about your writing from being a direct attack on you? In regards to that, I'm definitely a work in progress. <laughs> uh, I've gotten better at it. I'll I'll admit to that much, but you know, it, it still stinks. Um, I'll, I'll just ad- admit admit to it. Uh, you know, I mean, all the effort that goes into creating a book. I mean, not only from writing it, but going back to editing it and just polishing it, and then everything that comes after, like promoting and everything, and uh, certainly putting it out there. I mean, it's a lot of work not to take personally. And I think in terms of launching a book, um, what has helped me is realizing that this is one step on a very long journey. 
And I keep reminding myself of that, especially with the book series I'm working on now, because uh, when I first started out, I was all really focused about the standalone books. But because uh, my work now uh, is tied uh, as part of a um, book series, and honestly, um, even uh, my nonfiction writing, I mean, because it's part of a blog and and there's kind of a trail of work now to follow. And also um, uh, uh, coming up later on, uh, that's something that really kind of propels me forward and keeps me going. Yeah, absolutely. It's looking at that end goal that you're working towards, right? And um, I know it's hard to separate yourself and it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you're doing something meaningful, there's going to be people that disagree, that don't like you or that hate on you just because they're haters. So <laughs> <laughs> That's just part of it. So tell us more about your work. Tell us more about that uh, series. It's a fiction series, right? What's Correct. It called? What's it called? Tell us more about it. Yeah. Well, my current project is the Four Point Chronicles. It's a six book series and it focuses on identical quadruplets, four brothers, and they live in this fantasy kingdom where their identity is hidden from the rest of the kingdom and they have to present themselves as one monarch. So initially one prince and then that prince later uh, gets coronated and becomes a king. So these four brothers are living a double life. There's the life they have uh, as quadruplets amongst each other and the secret society that supports them. And then there's their public life, mm. which is, you know, the one king, the one monarch that they play, and they have to play that part well. And in doing so, they have to serve their kingdoms. So uh, very much um, uh, my work ties into, as I mentioned earlier, I, my personal life impacts all my work but uh in terms of this fantasy series um growing up multiracial and uh having experience like imposter syndrome and then also code switching that those themes really are integrated into my work as i tell this fantasy series about these four brothers uh which starts with them coming of age and then they later get married uh they do have a child not to give away too much um, <laughs> then they, they live their life as, as kings should um and then battles and wars and other things happen that uh, you would expect in a fantasy series but with that undertone of uh really kind of being influenced by my multi-racial heritage as well as my uh, personal experiences oh that sounds fascinating so anybody who wants to connect with you who wants to find your work and support it how can they get in touch with you josh yeah i can be found on amazon so my work is self-published it's out there um there's also a few other platforms like booksy and panana where i put my uh, work out there for free and then of course i can always um, be connected with um, through my website joshuakrutherford.com uh, if you sign up there uh, you'll receive a uh, free gift, free e-gift, and you can also uh, follow uh, my blogs through that website as well as through Medium. Sounds awesome. Well, any final thoughts, any final words that you would like to leave anybody listening to it? I know we've touched upon a lot, um, both uh, for writers and for readers. And for the writers out there, um, you definitely have uh, support, you have community. Um, I would like to part by saying like, writing can seem like such a singular such a journey of solitude and as i reflect on my own journey as a writer i want to acknowledge all those who encouraged and supported me so to the writing community that support is out there um, it may not feel apparent now but 
further on down the line, it does manifest itself in various ways. And to the readers out there, um, support your writer, especially your local writer. Um, your a kind comment or just a purchase or even a free download, and then you know maybe um, some very kind but supportive feedback. You have no idea how much that goes, how much that encourages us as writers. So to the reading community, keep on reading. Absolutely, books cannot die, guys. They cannot die. There's such a wealth in books. So Josh, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your knowledge and your smile with us. It was awesome having this conversation with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Marcy. It was a pleasure being here. And for everybody watching or listening, go connect with Josh, check out his work. You will love it. And I will see you next week on Sincerely Speaking. Thank you.